found in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. And we read the call of Abraham. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I'll show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Off he went. He realized that there was a blessing. He was going to be a blessing. And he went about to be that blessing. The definition of random act of kindness goes like this. A selfless act performed by a person wishing to assist or cheer up an individual person or people. It's not very complicated, is it? It's very, very simple. We just need to randomly and prayerfully Look for ways that we can bless somebody else. <clears throat> Random Acts of Kindness Week is this week. I've seen some posters on the Internet. They go like this. Kindness starts with me. Another one read this way. Pay it forward. Another one. Let's harvest kindness. Another one said kindness is contagious. Pass it on. No act of kindness, whoever small, is ever wasted. That was on another poster. And written on a storefront sign were these words. If we all do one random act of kindness daily, we just might set the world in the right direction. I love that one. Scrib scribbled on a blackboard were these words. Practice random kindness. On a street corner, a man is hugging someone. And while he's hugging this person, he's holding a sign that says this, free hugs. Everyone needs a free hug, and everybody can do a random act of kindness. It doesn't always cost money. It just has a heart that's filled with love, filled with compassion to reach out and bless somebody else. We're sharing with you four points this morning. My first point is this. We are blessed. We are a blessed people. And I think the church, when we read about this random act of kindness week that we're reading about, I believe the church ought to be a part of this. I believe the church ought to be the leaders in this. I also believe the church ought to be the greatest blessers of all. I believe the church ought to show the world how it's done. The most generous, the most loving, the most kind-hearted people ought to be us ought to be those that have fallen in love with Jesus, ought to be those that have received Christ as our Lord and Savior. We ought to be the most kind-hearted people that there is. I mean, this is what the Bible says is the fruit of the Spirit. Kindness, loving, generous. You see, we not only need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're a Pentecostal denomination, and we preach the power of the Holy Spirit. We preach about Waiting upon God, we preach about desiring that gift. And sometimes we're so focused upon getting the power of the Holy Spirit that we forget that what ought to be produced in us is also the fruit of the Spirit. And so we can go around and proudly say, I got it, I got it, I'm filled. 
But if you're not declaring and showing the fruit of the spirit, all you've had is a highly flesh experience. Did I say that? Yeah, I did. It's got to be followed out by the fruit of the spirit. God told Abraham, he said that if you'll just trust me and leave and head out and travel to the land, I will show you. I'll not only bless you, but through you, all peoples will be blessed. That promise has been fulfilled today before our very eyes. That has been fulfilled. Have you ever sat back and began to, as the handwriter said, count your blessings? Let me count some for you this morning. Salvation has been given to us. We sit here and are saved, converted, sanctified condition. Salvation. We have a heavenly hope. We have joy unspeakable. We have jobs. We have food. We have friends. We have a great church family. We're blessed by having a family, a body of Christ we can come together and have fellowship with. Oh, we have the ability to call upon God and we know that his ears are open and he hears the cries of the righteous. We have financial blessings. We are blessed. Why? Blessed to burst. Blessed to give out. I mean, you can't hold all that good stuff inside. You can't. Oh, Jesus said, out of our bellies is going to flow rivers of living waters to bless the parched areas, to bless the drought-stricken lives, to bless those that are so thirsty, to bless those that are their souls are dried up and their the soil is so cracked. You've met those kind of people. They're they're crusty. They're hard. They're they're miserable. They're they're, they're experiencing and displaying pain. They need someone to love them. They need someone to show them grace and mercy and love. And God just might say to you, if you go this week and say, God, use me. God might say, go to that person. Their soil needs to be worked up. And I want you to go and maybe say, do you need a little hug? It better be God, though. Say to the wrong person, not led of the Spirit, you might get a slap. But you've got to be led by the Spirit of God and do what he wants you to do. He wants you to reach out. Jesus said in John 7, 38, that this is the result of those that are believe in me. The result is they will be wanting the blessings to flow from them. Now, in the land of Israel flows the Jordan River. It flows into the body known as the Sea of Galilee. If you check your atlas, you'll, you'll be able to trace that, this Jordan River. And from the Sea of Galilee... It flows into another body of water known as the Dead Sea. Now, the Sea of Galilee is beaming and teeming with life. In fact, I read last week that, that it is the most, uh, the most abundant fishing waters on earth is right there. I gotta go fishing sometime. But the Dead Sea is just that. The Dead Sea is the exact opposite. It's dead. There's no trace of life. It's salty. And yet it still flows from the Jordan. I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is outflow. That's what the difference is. The Jordan waters flow right through the Sea of Galilee. And it floods and irrigates the whole Jordan Valley. Oh, it's fresh. It's living water because it's flowing water. It doesn't keep its waters for itself. It gives itself away. And you see, the more it goes out, the more it comes in. Now, when that Jordan flows down to the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea says, I'm sealing myself up. The Dead Sea says, I'm not letting anything flow from here further. I'm holding on to it. 
I'm keeping it. There's no outflow. It keeps it for itself. Oh, the grab and hold concept is stinky. You know what it's like. Algae forming. It's polluted. It's mosquito infested. How many met people like that? They're not here. I know that. But outside the walls of this church, you've met people that are stinky, algae forming. They always seem to be swatting mosquitoes. And they always seem to be antagonizing. So I wondered this morning, what body of water would you like to be like? Do you want to be like the Sea of Galilee? Or would you like to be like the Dead Sea? All Christians gather water from the same tap. Realize that? You turn the faucet on, water comes out. All of us as believers on the face of this earth is drinking from the same tap. The only difference in some Christians and others is that some of us desire, and some of you desire, to go and drill some holes in the bucket. And you say, wherever I go, I'm just going to let that water pour out. And you go wherever you go, you've got holes in your buckets. You just begin to let the rivers flow to other people. I want to encourage you to drill some holes this week in the bucket. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. Bless the gift. Okay, so let's take a second look at Genesis 12, 2. This is God talking to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And you'll notice that uh, I will bless you, and then you will be a blessing. Those two go hand in hand. Uh, God wants to restore the world, and he's inviting us to do the same. God actually plans on restoring this world through the church, uh, it's a very odd plan for God to have for a perfect God to want to fulfill his perfect plan through an imperfect church. Uh, it kind of doesn't make sense, but that's the way God works. He wants to use us, and he's committed to us. Uh, and I'm glad that he's committed to us. Um, but God is not limited to the church. He can do whatever he wants, right? He can move in anybody's life whenever he wants. But uh, he is committed to the church, much in the same way that he was committed to Israel in the Old Testament. He's committed to you. Uh, he's not limited by you. He can work in any way he wants, but he's committed to working through you uh, and accomplishing his plans through you. Uh, so if we look at Israel, we see a people that God has committed himself to, a people that he is ready to bless so that they will be a, a blessing to the nations around them. And so God's plan was to restore the world through Israel. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I spoke a sermon um, just about how we need to, or what our role is in, in our community. Uh, talking about just, uh, good works and, and how we, what kind of place it has in our lives. And I spoke from Exodus, one of the passages I spoke from was, was Exodus 19.6. And God says to Israel, uh, you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. Uh, in other words, your vocation is to be priests for all the nations around you. Uh, and that means that you're going to do something for the world around you. That you're going to be concerned for the world around you. That you're going to be concerned for the health and growth for all the nations around you. So that's, that's what God was saying to Israel. 
but Israel was a nation that made a lot of mistakes. If you read through the Old Testament, it's just a book of all these mistakes these guys have made. Yet, uh, God was committed to them, and uh, God, he accomplished his goals through Israel despite their mistakes. And that, that's kind of a testament of how good our God is. Despite our mistakes, God will still use us, and God will still accomplish his plan through us. And just like it was for Israel, this is why the story of Israel is so important, because we see ourselves in it, and we see how, it, how God used them and was successful in using them. In, in the same way, he wants to use the church. The church has made a lot of mistakes in the last 2,000 years, right? 2,000 years is a long time. We're bound to make some mistakes. But God is still committed to the church and is still committed to his plan to use the church to bless and restore the world around them. So, like Israel, this is your vocation as a Okay, so as we were, um, your, your, as a Christian, your vocation is to bless people, to bless the world around you, to be concerned for the health and growth of the world around you. And I think Brandon needs to know that. Brandon needs to see Christians as people that are concerned for Brandon's well-being and for the well-being of his individuals. Um, there are so many misconceptions about what church is about, uh, what, what Christians are about, who God is, and what he's about in, in our community. I'm sure you've, you've met some of them. You work in different places, and I'm sure you know people who have some strange ideas of, of what God's all about. And it can be overwhelming to try to address all those misconceptions. Uh, and maybe you don't have enough time to do that, whatever. But we do have time to bless people. Uh, and blessing people is so much simpler than argument because blessing does not require explanation. Uh, you do not need to explain yourself when you bless people. It's just there. You do something, and they can't argue with it because you did it. You're blessing them, and then that's it. They've got to do something about it. They've got to react to it somehow. Um, you don't need to know a lot to do it. You just do it. Anybody can do it. Uh, so be creative uh, in how you're going to bless people this week. So I challenge you to do that, to bless people uh, this week. Good morning. We really have been blessed, haven't we? God is so faithful and blessed us with so much. And I don't know what situation you find yourselves in, but I hope that you are one who can look around you and see the blessings in your life. I hope you are known as one who is thankful for what you do have and not known as a complainer about what you don't have. We have been so blessed. I've been so blessed. I look around me and see the many, many blessings that have been poured into my life, and I am so grateful. And as Pastor Gary Jr. reminded us, I know that I have been called to bless others. I've been asked to turn around and look for ways to be a blessing. We have all been commanded to bless. To bless and to be a blessing isn't just a good idea. It isn't something we do when we feel like it or when it suits us. We have been commanded to bless. If we want to live right and experience all that God has for us, then we have no other option than to live a lifestyle of being a blessing. 
Which brings us to the third point this morning. When we choose to be a blessing, we ourselves get blessed in return. We get blessed by blessing. On Christmas morning, what do you enjoy more? Having everyone watch you open a gift that has been given to you, or watching as a gift is being opened that you have given? There's a type of joy in receiving a gift, no doubt about it. Everyone likes to receive a present. But it's a completely different feeling you get when you watch your child or your spouse or a friend open a gift that you have worked for and purchased or prepared and packaged, and you see on their face how much they appreciate the gift that you gave them. That feeling inside of giving away is something special. There's a principle of giving and receiving. There's a principle of blessing others and receiving blessing. When we give out of ourselves and bless someone else, then we, in return, get blessed. We experience blessing. And our example this morning of Abraham holds true to this principle. Abraham was blessed. In our passage this morning, we read that he was asked to be a blessing. And as he followed God in faith and obedience, he in turn got blessed abundantly over and over and over again. And as we choose to follow God in faith and obedience and be a blessing, we in turn will be truly and abundantly blessed over and over again. You may look at your own situation and ask yourself, why am I not receiving God's blessing? Maybe you say, I don't seem to be experiencing that feeling of being blessed by God. Perhaps the question that you should be asking yourself isn't, why am I not receiving, but rather, why am I not giving? Turn the question around instead of asking, why am I not receiving God's blessing? Ask instead, what is it that I'm not giving? Or in what ways can I be a blessing? Do you want to be blessed today? Then first of all, you need to be a blessing. Abraham was obedient and blessed others and experienced God's blessing. I was quite shy in grade school and I used to come home and say, Ma, I don't have any friends. And my ma was a, is a godly woman, and I remember not really getting any sympathy from her. She didn't seem all that concerned about me reporting that I didn't have any friends. She simply told me, if you want to have friends, then you have to be friendly. She didn't get down on my level and feel sorry for me and say, oh, that's too bad. You, you don't have any friends. Uh, I feel so bad for you. She, she just in that matter-of-fact tone says, Vernon, if you want friends, be friendly. And that was that. So I went back to school and I looked for someone else that looked like they didn't have any friends and went over and started talking and being a friend to that person. And you know, pretty soon, I had friends. I was taught also at an early age the principle of tithing and giving 10% of my earnings to the Lord's work. And it has never been an option for me to hold back the giving of my tithe. And God has always been faithful. It never once crossed my mind to say, oh dear, I don't have enough money this, uh, I don't have enough money this month to pay the tithe. It never crossed my mind. During times when things were a little tight, I sometimes wondered how other bills were going to get paid, but never the tithe. It was an automatic. And God always proved himself faithful to me. I don't understand when people say they don't have enough money to tithe or, or when they say that things are too tight this month so they need to hold back on the tithe. If you are, un, if you are in need, you need to give. If you are in need, you need to give. And I know it sounds so backwards. It doesn't make sense logically or mathematically, but it works because it's God's principle of giving and receiving. 
If you want to receive, then make sure that you are giving. If you want to have friends, make sure you're friendly. If you want to be blessed, then make sure that you are blessing others. And as you put this principle in place in your life, God will prove himself over and over again to you. To be honest, I got hung up on this point for a little while. Because I don't think receiving should be our sole motivator for giving. We shouldn't just be blessing because we will be blessed in return. Being a blessing isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. And I had a hard time wrestling through this because it is a true principle that we will be blessed when we bless. It is a benefit that we receive. But I have trouble with people who only bless so that they get some kind of a return. That shouldn't be why we go out and bless others. To me, if that is our sole motivation, then we've somehow missed the point. And so I was stuck on this for a while and not able to get past it because I don't want to be mistaken for peddling some prosperity gospel that I don't agree with. But at the same time, there is a principle here that I know that I know is true. And then God dropped a thought in my heart, and I turned again to look at the life of Abraham, and I turned to Hebrews 11, verse 8, which says this, By faith Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive as as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Now usually when I read that chapter in Hebrews, it's the word faith that jumps off the page at me. But this time I noticed a different word, and that was the word obeyed. By faith Abraham obeyed obeyed God. And then I thought, that's it. I don't choose to bless others because I will be blessed. I choose to bless others because I want to be obedient. I want to please God. When we choose to be obedient and please God, we experience life the way that He intended for us to live. We experience all that He has for us, and that includes His rich blessings. We are blessed by being a blessing. But we bless out of an act of obedience and our love for God. And as we are obedient, there's a principle that cannot be denied. Jesus himself said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. That's Luke 6 and verse 38. That's a wonderful principle. And it is true. Tag team preaching. I really love the acts of kindness, the whole thought behind it. And I think that the reason I love it so much is because it speaks to me of the heart of God. Uh, Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, Don't you realize that it is God's kindness that is trying to lead you to him and change the way you think and act? And another version says, not realizing that God's kindness leads towards repentance. And really, that's how God draws us to him, is through love and kindness. There's a, there's a song, and I had to Google the words to find them. It's a, an older song now, but I love the words in this song. And uh, very often, the, the lines of the chorus go through my head. And I'll just read it to you. The song says, waiting for angry words to sear my soul knowing I don't deserve another chance. Suddenly the kindest words I've ever heard come flooding through my heart. The chorus says, It's your kindness that leads us to repentance, O Lord. Knowing that you love us, no matter what we do, makes me want to love you too. 
No excuse, no one to blame, nowhere to hide. The eyes of God have found my failures, found my pain. He understands my weaknesses, he knows my shame, but his heart never leads me, never leaves me. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance, O Lord. Knowing that you love us, no matter what we do, makes me want to love you too. And I love the words of that song because I totally have seen that um, through my life, how God just draws people to him so gently and so beautifully. Um, there's a verse in 2 Timothy 1.9 that says, It is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan long before the world began, to show his love and kindness to us through Christ Jesus. You'll notice that many times in scripture, love and kindness are actually mentioned together. Um, example, loving kindness. You've probably heard that term. Love and kindness just do go together. It's somehow like they explain one another. Kindness becomes the expression of love. It's the action of love. Where there is real love, there will be kindness. On the other hand, however... Kindness can exist and does exist sometimes without love. It doesn't make sense, and it's empty, and it's seen to be that over time, but it can exist without love. Can we watch this video together?
In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, it says, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my, surrender my body to the flames, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. So kindness exists to be the expression of love. We have the opportunity to share God's love with our community through acts of kindness. And acts of kindness can be very simple and non-complicated. Just like God draws us to himself with love and kindness, we have the same opportunity to use kindness as a drawing force in our community. Second Corinthians chapter 6 says, We try to live in such a way that no one will be hindered from finding the Lord by the way we act. And so no one can find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we try to show that we are true, mis- uh, true ministers of God. We have proved ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, our sincere love, and the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, as you leave um, the auditorium in the foyer, there, there are um, some baskets, and they have cards that look like this. And... Um, we call these kindness cards, and uh, they're really simple. There's nothing special about them. It's just a piece of paper, and on the back it says, you've, you've just been handed a, a random act of kindness. Random act of kindness week, and it gives the dates. Please find a way to pass this on. And we would love for you to take some of these with you this week. And uh, our prayer is that you will prayerfully consider how you can randomly show kindness in our community this week. The ideas and opportunities to express the love of God are endless, are endless. And there are very practical ways that we can do that through kindness. Uh, my, my encouragement to you is be thoughtful, be creative, and be extravagant. And um, I thought it was interesting earlier on in the in the service when we had uh, the word that Lorraine had uh, received from the Lord spoken. I don't know how many times the word extra- extravagant was used in that message. And I really believe that's the word that God is trying to drive home with us today. It's okay to be extravagant in showing kindness. It's okay to do that. God draws us to himself with love and kindness. And if we can go with God's love in our heart and have that same expression, showing kindness in random ways or planned ways, you can do however you want, but let kindness flow from you. As Pastor Gary spoke about um, putting the holes in the bucket, let it flow from your life and you will be amazed at what God can do through kindness in our community. There's many times in my life I've been touched by somebody's simple act of kindness. It humbles you and it so fills you at the same time. How many of you go through Tim Hortons drive through on a regular basis? Simple thing to do, just pay for the car behind you. You don't have to know who's in it. You don't have to know what they ordered. It's usually not much if it's Tim Hortons. Just tell the lady at the window you're going to pay for the person behind you. And you will drive away, maybe never knowing who's in that vehicle, but you will be filled with such a love. Such a love because it just fills our heart when we are willing to share kindness. So please this week, take these cards and let your let God show you how to be thoughtful, how to be creative, and how to be extravagant for him. God was extravagant in showing his love to us. 
we have the opportunity to do that for others. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful today for the blessings that you have put in our lives, and we know there are many. And God, we choose today to recognize how blessed we are. We could walk away and think of all the things that we want in this world, but God, we'd really choose right now to sit and realize we are very blessed people. We are very, very blessed people. God, I pray this week that you would help us to take the time to really choose to be a blessing to others. God, I pray that we would be thoughtful, we would be creative, and we would let your Holy Spirit help us to be extravagant in blessing others. And that can happen in so many countless ways, far too many to even begin to mention. And God, each of us know different people in this community. We have different ways that we can be a blessing. Would you show each one of us a way that each one of us here can walk through the doors of this building into our community and be a blessing this week. We thank you, God, for the opportunity of being your hands and your feet in this community. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I trust you've heard from the Lord today. And you are welcome to come up and be prayed for. And there will be people here to pray with you. Um, you're free to go. And you're also free to stay and sing with us. I know the kids need to be picked up uh, momentarily. So why don't you be dismissed? Or you can stay and sing with us. So why don't we stand together? And you are dismissed if you need to go. We'll be singing this together. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. 